Penguins fans seem to not like the Jack Johnson sign, which doesn't put pen to paper until Sunday. I like it. The price is right. And all you're asking Johnson to do is be a solid bottom pair defenseman. Jacko can manage that. But where's the faith in Jim Rutherford? Where's the faith in his team-building expertise? Where's the faith in Sergei Gonchar coaching up Jacko? Where's the faith in the team surrounding him, which includes a bunch of two-time Stanley Cup champions? A lot of Columbus fans are telling Penguins fans that the Pens effed up, that Rutherford effed up, that Johnson sucks. Like their opinion counts. In 18 seasons, the Jackets of Blue have only made the playoffs four times and never won a playoff series. Twice when they exited, it was at the hands of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the Jackets fans may know what suck is all about. Then again, they thought William Carlson was a bottom six center. Twitter is a cesspool. I need to ignore it. But in this case, I haven't. So hey, Pens fans, and you too, Jackets fans, guess what? You just made the list! The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. You know what's weird? And, And this is off Twitter, too. The notion that Ian Cole was something special and not just the bottom pair defenseman. That's weird. A lot of dopes still feel that way. That that I hate social media. I have cut back my participation on Twitter. I tweet about half as much. I never respond to anybody I don't know. I don't get in Twitter beefs anymore. Because what's the point? What good did that do me? All it did was aggravate me. But I really feel like social media has not ruined the media, but diluted the impact of the media. Because I see people on Twitter saying that so-and-so on this blog and -and so-and-so on that blog, that they know what they're talking about as opposed to people who cover the game for a living and have done for years. And all the people on these blogs are saying, loosely translated, is, I mean, they're just diddling their lips. They're not getting paid. It, it, it goes back to what I just hate about the pretend media. You start a website, and, hey, I'm a hockey writer. Meanwhile, these guys with their hockey blogs, they don't even get credentialed. They're not in the press box. They're not in the dressing room. They're not at practice. Neither am I. That's a long way to go, Cranberry, before you do a show. But, but still, I just put it this way. When my illustrious career comes to a close, assuming I have enough money, That'll be fine by me. I mean, to be considered like a colleague or an equal of some of these lame brains. My God, it makes my skin crawl. By the way, somebody was talking uh, earlier about Jack Johnson only having had one positive plus minus season in his career. That is not true. He's had two, including the year before last when he was plus 23. That was your Columbus made the playoffs, had that, like, what was it, a 19-game winning streak, killed the Penguins in a game during that streak, then got to the playoffs 
and the Penguins just whooped that ass. But he was plus 23. So, so people act like last year, in a bad year, last year for Jack Johnson, is the be-all and end-all of where he is. Just a year before that, he was plus 23 and played very well. Find the middle. Find the happy medium. That's all Jack Johnson needs to do. Let's go to Mark in the car. Mark, you're on with double M. Mark, you're on the air. Okay, we do not have Mark. Oh, now we do have Mark. Mark, pay attention. What do you want? That was a screener, but how you doing, Mark? We're hanging up on you. Don't tell me what is it isn't the problem here. My God. I'm not going to negotiate with... I, I, goodbye. Let's go to Twitter, who despite being a overflowing toilet... You could pick and choose what you say they say. Crosby tweets regarding criticizing the Johnson signing. Johnson is 31 and not 26 like Schultz was. Uh, the Penguins needed a good defenseman and got one. I don't know what the age differentiation is there, but uh, you want Jack for what he is right now. Well, let me tell you, in about four or five years, the Penguins are going to start to suck. And then they will suck for a while. And that's okay by me because I've witnessed and understood all the ups and downs. I've been through it. Finishing last is how this team so often gets to finish first. But I hope you understand. I hope you don't abandon ship. Most of you probably will because that's the way it works in this town. It's a fair weather sports town devoid of loyalty. Like, to be honest, most sports towns are. But, you know, I can see where this is headed. In the short term, it's good. In the long term, it's going to be bad. You know what's going to be very interesting to see? How much longer Sid wants to play and how he functions when the team sucks. Now, by suck, I, I might not mean finish last. I could see still, you know, competing for playoff berth and, you know, just getting in. You know, the Penguins at their worst are like Columbus at their best, just getting in to the playoffs. But I'd be curious to see what Sid's uh, psyche will be at that point. Seriously, that'll be interesting. I expect Gino will frig off back to Russia and play in the KHL. Not not that he'd be, you know, abandoning a sinking ship. I just think that that's kind of how he's been thinking all along and how most of the, the Russians think. Although, Ovi boy, with that 800 goals in sight, he might just play here till he gets it. You know what really helped uh, Washington win the Stanley Cup? No Olympics. No NHL players in the Olympics. If you take all those guys that played for them out of the middle of the regular season to put them in a high-octane competition like the Olympics, don't get me wrong, it would have hurt the Penguins as well. It would hurt every team with good players, but it would have turned the playoffs into more of a crapshoot. So it, 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 I don't think it would have benefited the Capitals per se. Let's go to Jim and Cranberry. Jim, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Right. Sorry to shift gears here, but I was talking with a friend of mine. I had an idea of how to avoid a lot of the collision plays in baseball, and I'm just interested in your thoughts on it. Okay. So you got to play at the plate or, you know, someone stealing second base or something like that. The fielder fields the ball, and rather than having to tag the runner, has to tag the base with their with the ball in their glove rather than having to tag the runner. 
that may do a lot to avoid collisions. But I'm sure there's probably something wrong with it, but I can't figure out what would be wrong with it. Any it thoughts? sounds like something from 60 and over men's softball. I mean, I see your point totally. I'm not ridiculing it beyond the senior citizen softball remark. But uh, I, I don't know. Are there that many collisions that we have to worry about it? Uh, now, occasionally there's a collisions that's crippling. Like with Buster Posey at home plate, which made them change that rule for home plate collisions. But if it doesn't happen that often, does it really need to address to that degree? I don't know. It just seems to be like something they're trying to get out of the game. So I just thought that, that, that seems to make sense in a lot of ways and would get rid of a lot of contact. The biggest problem I can see with it is in a situation where you have a rundown. What do you do then if you got a guy caught between two bases? You, don't, you kind of have to tag the guy if he's not committing to going to one base or the other. Which uh, you that, defeated your own rule. That, that makes like, – because here's the thing. That means the guy can't head back to the base, right? Like if if he gets if he if he gets picked off first, in theory, as soon as you would tag, I mean, which bag do you tag at that point? Where is right. he trying to go to? Which base? Now, yeah, how old that's are you? The biggest problem I can see with me. How old are you? Forty nine, sir. So you obviously have not yet played senior citizen softball. I think I'm too old for that. <laughs> no, no, no. They have like sixteen over leagues. My one friend plays in a league that's I think. 50 to it over something like that. And he's like a, a, a total gimp, and, and he hits like home runs. But listen to some of the rules they have. They have two first bases. They have one that the runner goes to and one that the first baseman covers. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. And they do the same at home plate, too. I mean, these old bastards, they're the biggest sissies going. <laughs> I think it's admirable that they, you know, they've had guys, they haven't had guys drop dead on the field, but they've had heart attacks on the field. All right. I, I, if, if they could guarantee me that, I'd go and watch. You watch, I'd go and watch, and I'd be the guy have a heart attack watching. Let's go to TJ in the car. TJ, ask, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark, awesome show as always. It really is. Okay. Um, uh, the first thing, uh, Kudos to your, uh, you just made the list there. Uh, people are panicking like Je- uh, Rutherford is Neil Huntington trying to sell us on, on Cal Crick or something. People people aren't happy unless they're unhappy, but I, but I, I understand and agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to believe in the guy. I mean, he, it's amazing how many people. And then, two, who are we replacing, Chad? I've heard you uh, berate, you know, Chad Ruedel and Hunwick all season, <laughs> and that's a total upgrade, especially if... I didn't have much of a chance to berate Hunwick. He barely played. Yeah. I'm very comfortable with Chad Ruedel as a number seven. Yes. If Chad Ruedel plays time. 30 games in a year and maybe one or two playoff games like he did in 17 when the Penguins won that cup, Chad Ruedel played most of the series against Washington, uh, that second-round yeah. win for the Penguins, and he was okay because he hadn't played that much going into it, and at least he had... Legs and lungs on his side. Yeah, so if these guys like a fifth pitcher, you know, he's only going to be in how many minutes? Ten? Ten minutes a game? Well, they use innings in baseball and pitch comp, but I, I understand. Let's go to Marty. Marty, you're on with Mark. Marty? No, you're Marty. I'm Mark. Oh, okay. That's right. Him, John, big tree. Yes. Uh, do you think uh, if Kunis comes back, that will speed up our decline, the Penguins? No, I don't think it much matters at all who the fourth-line left wing is. Why would it speed up the decline? 
I just think, you know, resounding a guy that's over the hill, even though he'll, he will be a yeah, fourth-line winner. You'd be shocked at how rarely a team's decline is sped up by a fourth-liner on a one-year contract. I have one more uh, thing, too. It, it just doesn't matter. Like I always say, it just doesn't matter who the fourth-line left wing is. I was going to let you say something else, and then you hung up. Actually, it probably worked out for the better. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. We got hockey talk with Josh Yoey of the Athletic at the bottom of the hour. In the meantime, we want to get your calls in. Get them in now. And nobody has given me yet a good explanation as to why Jack Johnson is a bad signing. Now's your chance. Four one two three 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 WXDX. And now the super genius Mark Madden. Hey Mark, I'm super excited to be calling you right now. He's brittle. He's a mind. He's not an arm. He's a brain. He's not a body. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. Let's get some calls in because we got Josh Oey coming in at the bottom of the hour to talk hockey. Let's go to Jason in the car. Jason, you're on with Double M. Yeah, Mark. Uh... You know, I, I totally agree with you. I don't understand the alarmist attitude about the Johnson signing. You're getting a bottom pair defenseman who's had a proven record of success in the league. I mean, you're not asking me to be a top well, He's not have guy. a proven record of, of being a standout in the league. I mean, he, he's not often been, you know, an elite defenseman. He's had a couple really good years, and he's a real competitor. He's, you know, often represented the U.S. international play. Not that that, that matters, but it reflects a bit, I think, but you're not asking him to be a star, a number Absolutely. one, a number two. You're asking him to be a bottom pair defenseman. You're not asking him to play at his peak. You're asking him to maybe split the difference between last year and his peak, and that'll be just fine for what the Penguins need, and I think Jack's capable of doing more than that, in fact. And people are concerned about the duration of the contract, but you know, five years, who cares? The Penguins' window is, is the next two to three years you know, to maximize it. Five years, if he sucks, you know, look at the Brooks Dorfick deal. There are teams willing to make those deals for other teams that need to shed salary like that. Well, if he sucks in five years, chances are the team will too, so who cares? Exactly. Like, like right, pe- getting- people want the Penguins to be good forever. That's not how it works in the Cap League. You rise and you fall. Look what's happened with the Chicago Blackhawks. They missed the playoffs last year. Maybe they'll bounce back. Maybe they won't. Maybe they need to rebuild. Maybe some of their key players, like Taves, aren't any good anymore. That's just the way it works in a cap league. Let's go to Chris in Monroeville. Chris, you're on with Double M. Hey, Double M, big fan. Thank you. Hey, so I think uh, Jack Johnson is a good signing. Um, I think he's going to complement the defense really well. I think uh, Latang is going to have a better year than he did last year, and I see Johnson uh, doing the same. Um, yeah, I think the panic I... over Johnson having had a bad year is akin to the panic over Latang having had not a bad year, but not the year they expect from a talent like number 58. Right. And considering the uh, Brian Rust move to left wing, if he's given enough time and notice to prepare for that, um, you know, how well can he possibly do? I don't uh, think in... it'll be good enough, brah. Watch the next okay. time he plays left wing. Watch how he takes pucks off the boards on the breakout. He looks like he's trying to beat a snake to death with a tree branch. And that's no knock on Rusty. It's just hard to do. It's a different position. People think, and some coaches think, and Mike Sullivan might think, that any wing could play either side. But that's uh, that's very rare when a winger is equally good on both the right 
and the left. Another thing, watch when Rusty enters the zone on the left wing. He makes the same move every time. He does a 45-degree angle bank to himself every time he enters the zone or approaches the zone on the left wing. His repertoire is very limited on that side. His performance is limited on that side. I'm not hating. I'm just saying. Let's go to Rich in Mount Washington. Rich, quickly, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, I, I have a answer to why people are against this Johnson uh, acquisition. Okay. It, it, it's the piratization of the fan base because, the, you know, the Pirates have brainwashed so many people into you can't sign a veteran, you never go for it right now, you always build for the future, go young players. And people are just transferring that concept over to what the Penguins are trying to do, which is totally different. That means, you know, they're trying to win championships as opposed to just be competitive until September and then they fall out of the race. You know what? That's as good an explanation as any. Uh, I think the Pirates have skewed the way certain Pittsburgh fans look at teams and look at deals and look at acquisitions. You 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 might well be on to something. Good call. Up next, from theathletic.com, we're going to talk hockey with Josh Owey here on 105.9 The X. Women in various states of moral decay. <laughs> I wasn't kidding. The X at 105.9. Joining me now in studio, he covers hockey and the Penguins for TheAthletic.com. We welcome Josh Shelby. Josh, what are the pros and cons of the Jack Johnson signing? Uh, the contract itself in terms of length and money. Well, five years is a lot, and I know you've discussed the possibility that they could buy him out in less than that, and that's true. It, it still is a significant commitment when you consider that Latang and Mata and Dumoulin are already in, you know, locked into long-term deals. Well, Jamie Alexiak might be soon. So that's a lot of years on the blue line. But one thing that I would emphasize, it's not that much money. He's going to get a little bit over $3 million per year. The salary cap is going to keep going up. So he's going to, you know, work out to about 4% of their team's salary if you look at it that way. It's not that big of a deal. Where does he fit in? Is he automatically a bottom pair guy with Jamie Alexiak? I think that would probably be the plan. When I look at the Penguins, I certainly think of you know, Latang and Dumoulin and Schultz and Mata as the top four. Um, I don't think that will change. Maybe he'll get a look with, you know, not Latang. I think Latang and Dumoulin stay together. Maybe he gets a look with Schultz at some point. I'm sure he will. But, yes, I would think Alexiak and Johnson would be the bottom pair. And the great thing about those two, they can both play the left or right side. And, in fact, I would argue Alexiak was better on the right side during this past season. So even though even though they're both left-handed, I think they are, in theory, a, a good tandem, perhaps. Now, here's my plan B. Mata with Alexiak and Johnson with Schultz. It would be easier to roll 60 because your second and third pair would be approximately equal. And if you roll 60, then you're more easily able to cut down Latang's minutes like they say they want to do. Yeah, and I think they're serious about it. Um, Jim Rutherford made that a point. He met with a few of us on Monday, and Crystal Tang was a topic of conversation, and he was pretty adamant about it. He he said, that, you know, five years ago, yes, Latang was kind of like a running back who got better the more carries he got, but he's not really that guy anymore, and he, you know, he's going to be 32 next April, so maybe he shouldn't be playing 30 minutes a night. I think that's fair. And, you know, Jack is a guy who has played a lot of minutes in his career. He can bring that to you. And he will round things out. So, yeah, I don't think that's the worst idea. And um, I just wish, even though I'm not in love with the deal, I do think five years is probably longer than they needed to offer. 
it would be nice if people would maybe give him a little bit of a chance before the season. <laughs> hey, it's well, unbelievable, really. Yeah, the reaction's unbelievable. We'll get to that in <laughs> in just a, a little bit. And uh, to be 100% accurate, Johnson's analytics aren't good, but last year was his only bad year, and the Penguins are good at fixing defensemen. Witness Schultz, Cole, Alexiak, Daly. It's a pretty long list. Yeah, th- that's what they're betting on, and a lot of this goes back to Sergei Gonchar being a full-time assistant coach now. He can work with him every day, and much like those other guys, this is a player with pedigree. This is a guy who was a third overall pick. Now, I realize he's much older, certainly, than Schultz and Alexiak when they got here, but they feel like Gonchar can make a difference, and I'll tell you what, Mark, I've talked with a lot of people around the league about this. I don't think John Tortorella is the greatest coach in the world. And I'm not sure how well the defensemen in Columbus were coached. If you look at their defensemen, Mark, Seth Jones is a star. Zach Wierenski is a star. Savard is very good. Murray, Cole, those are all good players. Why do they give up so many goals when they have a talented goaltender? They give up more odd man rushes, I think, than any team in the league. They give up a ton of high-quality chances. I don't think they're that well coached. I really don't. So if you let him work with Jacques Martin, work with Sergei Gonchar and Mike Sullivan, sure, I think it probably will make him a better player. I think that honeymoon in Columbus for Torts is just about over. Now, Riley Shayan didn't get uh, a qualifying offer from Pittsburgh, but he wound up signing for what he got last year, basically. Why did that take as long as it did uh, with the Penguins not qualifying Shayan? That's a good question. I I actually talked with Riley last night, and he made it very clear he didn't want to play anywhere else, and I, I believe him. Sometimes guys tell you that, and you don't necessarily believe them. Like Cully. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to bash dad, but yeah. Um, but Riley Shane, I think he knows his career was going nowhere in Detroit, and the Penguins fixed him a little bit. And he knows that he's trending in the right direction, and I felt like he got better and better as the season went on, and there's more of a ceiling there, and he knows that. So he didn't want to go anywhere, and the Penguins don't want to give a fourth liner a two- or three-year contract. So it just kind of worked out that way. But Jim was never nervous about not signing him. I think it was a matter of money a little bit, but I think it's a fair deal for both sides. Now, is Shea in the fourth-line center period, or can he jump above Broussard on the depth chart like he did during the playoffs when, admittedly, Broussard was banged up? I think he's the fourth-line center period. However, if they would be inclined to move Broussard, which I think is unlikely but not impossible, I think they're comfortable with Riley Shane as their third-line center. So he does get, or somebody gets hurt. Broussard gets hurt a lot. He's had four shoulder surgeries in his career. He's only 30. So he is injury prone, and Shane is a legitimate number three center. He's not a great one, but he's he's perfectly solid in that role. So maybe you give him a little bit more money because of the insurance he brings. But uh, he's a valuable guy for them, Mark. Uh, Mike Sullivan leans on him a lot in the third period when the Penguins are protecting leads. He's just a good, safe defensive player. He wins a lot of faceoffs. Very popular guy in the locker room, too. He's fit in nicely. So I, I think it's a fair deal. Well, I think it was good to give him a one-year deal, too, because – I just think in a capped league, you, you never give bottom six forwards, except for maybe a premium third-line center. You, you don't give anybody else a multi-year deal. I thought one of the dumbest things Ray Shiro ever did when he was <laughs> Penguins GM was give Craig Adams a two-year deal. There was just no need. I still remember standing there in South Point when I found out Craig Adams got a two-year deal, and I almost dropped my phone. I was stunned. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, me too. Somebody told me. I was like, wait, they, they did what? I yeah, know. It made no sense. Um and the thing is, Shane and Broussard are both unrestricted next summer. Okay, maybe you let Broussard walk, and then you re-sign Shane then, and, and he becomes your third-line guy, and they really like Teddy Bluger. Maybe he's ready to be the number four center at that point. So, no, I think they've worked that just fine. And uh, the Penguins, 
are in a pretty good sh- spot with the salary cap. They're always going to spend to the cap, but after the trades they made the other day, they're in a much better position to spend that money where they want to spend it. We're talking to Josh Shelley of theathletic.com. Uh, he's brought to you by Orthopedic Institute at Monongahela Valley Hospital. Josh, I thought that was a great trade with Buffalo, as you just oh. mentioned, just to not keep any salary. And Buffalo needs legitimate NHL players, so I think it's a pretty decent yeah. trade for them as well. I really do, too. You know, a lot of people have asked me, why would Buffalo take those guys? I said, well, look at Jason Botterill's roster. Look at what he inherited last year. I mean, they need legitimate NHL players. I'm not a huge Connor Sherry fan, but the guy scores 15 to 20 goals a year. Hey, he might play with Eichel. And he might. Given, given what they've got yes. and his experience playing with Sid, they might stick him I, with Jack Eichel. I've been told there's a good chance he will, and that's okay. He knows how to play with great players. He played pretty well with Sid. So that's not a bad thing. And Hunwick... He was not great here, nor was he a total disaster. He can go there and be the number six defenseman. He's a really good guy, work with some of their younger players, perhaps. So if you're Jason Botterill, okay, you give up nothing for two guys that can help you. And if you're the Penguins, Jim was just looking for anyone to take those salaries. And he got a draft pick in return, which could end up being a high third-round pick. So that's not a bad thing. And and yeah, to, to shed the salary was a really, really big deal for the Penguins. Now what's left for Rutherford to do? Uh, is there one more signing out there, maybe a depth forward? Yeah, he certainly is going to get a forward uh, even after Jack is signed. He'll have a couple of million to play with, not a ton. I know there's been a lot of speculation about Chris Kunitz. I, I spoke with a couple of people close with him last night. I don't think that's going to happen, Mark. Um, you know, I know they've spoken, but I know there's multiple teams interested in Kunitz and some in a position to give him more money, I think, than the Penguins. So it's possible, but I think it's pretty unlikely that Kunitz returns. And I have all the respect in the world for Chris Kunitz as a person and as a player, but I, I don't know that he's what they need. Uh, the legs are going to fall off at some point, Mark. I mean, he, he's played more playoff games probably than anybody in the last decade. He's in his late 30s now, so I don't know how much he would help at this point, though. He did not have a bad year in Tampa last season. No, no, he had 13 goals. Yeah, but he's here's, fine. here's my trepidation about uh, bringing Cooney back. At some point, Sid wants him on his line. He's Sid's whoopee, his comfort food, his meatloaf. Like in October, probably. <laughs> well, right. The minute he has a bad game, oh, maybe try Cooney. Hey, if Duper came back, Sid would want him on his line. So I just don't bring him back because I don't want Sid to be tempted. And I don't want Sullivan to be tempted to let Sid be tempted. Right. No, that that's very fair. It was always that way with those two. And I think we saw, and the fact of the matter is, and I know it was a very memorable goal he scored against Ottawa, Last year, he scored two goals in that game, but those were the only two goals he scored in the last two postseasons, so that that gets my attention. He he is still, I think, a legitimate fourth-liner, but nothing more, and you're right. There's always going to be that temptation. I don't know if that's what Sid needs. Now, they are apparently going to keep Haglin and definitely Rust. I don't think they would have given him the contract they did if they intended to just move no. him, although that does not preclude him being traded, to be sure. Right. I think it's good they're keeping Haglin and rust if it turns out to be that way because speed is the identity of this team and those guys are the pace cars they set the tempo they are and ideally you want a guy like that on each line a guy who can set that tempo at one of the wings and those two in particular mark are both players who are far more valuable in the postseason than they are in the regular season they're not going to go out and score 25 goals that's not who they are but in Russ's case, I don't think it's coincidental that the guy scores big goals every single postseason. He's done it three years in a row. Um, he, he just has it in his DNA. He's not afraid to go to the dirty areas. That's where you have to score in the playoffs. And Carl Haglin, he's always effective in the playoffs with that speed. And you know what he is? He's a really good third wheel on a line with Malkin. 
You can put Kessel with Malkin. He's going to take care of everything else. He's going to create turnovers. Um, he's not going to score a ton. He is overpaid, but he just plays the way they like to play. Well, and on that Malkin-Kessel line, his skating and defense minimize the anxious moments <laughs> and negate a lot of the turnovers. No, that's right. And he's a very good penalty killer as well. And I assume they will let him walk next summer. That's probably the way it will work out, and that's fine. But I don't think you get that much in return for him. And the only reason you would have traded Haglin is for salary relief. But you already traded Sherry and Hunwick, so you don't really need to trade Haglin and out. He can still help the Penguins. Where do you think Rust winds up in the lineup? Boy, it's all about Daniel Sprung. I mean, we know. But Rust is an ideal third line right wing. He is. He and will... if you've got Horny and Kessel on the top two lines, that puts Sprung either on the fourth line, in the press box, or back in Wilkes. Yeah, you're right. And I think Sprung will start in the top nine. Now, that doesn't mean he'll stay there all season. We'll see. That means Rust, I would guess, will start the season on the left side, which he can do. I don't think it's ideal. For I think him. you're probably right. But, you know, Jim Rutherford keeps talking about depth. Now, Brian Rust might be the over, most overpaid fourth liner in history, but if you want real depth, you could have a fourth line with Riley Shane and Brian Rust and whatever free agent you want to find at left wing. That's a hell of a fourth line, Mark. Now, it's, it's an expensive one, too. They could go that route, but my guess is Rust probably starts on the third line on the left side. You heard about trading Phil Kessel and maybe trading for Jeff Skinner from Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not going to happen now, not either. And I'm not sure a big deal was ever going to happen. I, I think that was always more speculation than it was anything pro- approaching uh, reality. I know for a fact Jim Rutherford contacted Carolina regarding Skinner. Uh, he's the guy, you know, Jim drafted him, much like Jack Johnson. You, know, you probably have a soft spot for guys you draft. He absolutely inquired. I know they talked about him. I don't think anything ever got a whole lot more serious than that. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, they already have too many Jeff Skinners. They don't need him. Maybe that's true. I don't know. The guy's a really good player. And the fact is Carolina's looking to get rid of most of its good players, I think. And Jim's very much aware of that. Of course, Jim, of all people, knows what's going on in Raleigh right now. So they talked about him. It's just like they talk about a lot of players this time of year. It's not really that uncommon. I know for a fact they chatted, but uh, it's not going to happen now, I don't think. This team is a real good team right now, as is going to win a Stanley Cup. Sure. Oh, I, I absolutely think that. And I absolutely think that this extra month off that they're getting is going to be a big deal for them. Uh, in talking with Rutherford the other day, and Jim doesn't lie to you. He, he's very honest. He said there was nothing wrong with our team last year other than the fact that they were exhausted. And he said they're not going to be exhausted come October, and we know that. So I don't look at the Penguins right now and see any glaring holes. Could they use maybe one more left wing who could score? Sure. Is you know backup goalie still a little bit of a question mark? Sure. But those are things you can fix. And uh, in general, this is absolutely a good team. This is, in my opinion, on paper, one of the five best teams in hockey. And and I suspect it'll be a very motivated team. I know it's just Twitter, but are you <laughs> surprised at the negative backlash about the Johnson signing and some of the other moves the Penguins made? Not just from the fanboys. But from some of the fringe media, the the Don the Line guys, the bloggers. <laughs> it makes me want to drive to Columbus and give Jack Johnson a hug before he even gets here. I literally feel bad for him. Um, he, he's he's not a great player. He never was, but he's always been a good player. He had a bad year, and now it's like... Well, and I think the, the actual fans, the paying customers, will embrace him. Yes. Like I've often said, the guys on the Penguins who are the Twitter villains mm-hmm. never get booed at PPG Paints Arena. The ticket buyers aren't on Twitter. They're too busy having That's money right. to spend, I suppose. <laughs> I never heard Rob Scuderi get booed in that building, in fact. I've never uh, never, never heard anyone really get booed. Flower! 
I mean, Flower got crucified on Twitter That's how right. often until he became the underdog, and then he was the, the new hero of the masses. But he never once got well, booed at PPG Paints Arena. Because that kind of thing is, I think, really an extremely vocal minority, maybe 5% of the fans who have a platform, so you hear about it all the time. The technical uh, term I like to use is jerk-offs. Jer- well, we can call them jerk-offs. It's your there show, you so I'm going to say it, and you're right. Yep. And it, it's been quite Could a you spectacle. use that word on theathletic.com? Yes, we can actually use any language we want. Wow. Yeah, it's great. No wonder it's so popular, <laughs> and you're so rich. That's Josh Showey from theathletic.com. I am Mark Madden. Enough of this hockey talk, although it's always great. It's time to ask Mark anything. Dial 412-333-WXDX. That's 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. He erupts, he clears his throat, says something meaningless. Who'd win in a fight, Lemmy or God? I think it's a trick question. Lemmy is God. The X at 105.9. Another quick penguin, John Sebastian Day signed a one-year deal, so he'll be back and play about nine games in the NHL and mostly be in Wilkes. Time not to ask Mark anything. Dial 412-333-9939 to ask me anything. Uh, it's brought to you by Chipino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop house. So be sure to check out Chipino in the Strip. It is the home of the Super Genius Burger. Let's go to uh, Dennis in Bethel Park. Dennis, you're on Double M. Ask hey, Mark Dylan, anything. How, how you doing? Good. Hey, quick question. Where do you... Gather all of your intel your, for all the hockey stuff. Do you know? Do you watch a lot of other hockey? Just yes, I watch games it? constantly. And so, is that where you gather most of it? In, and then reading too, or just mostly watching? Yeah, reading, but reading and watching probably equal parts. Good and uh, right. talking to uh, a lot of radio broadcasters when they come to town with their teams in the press box. Good deal. Thanks, man. Thank you. Let's go to Stan in Bethel Park. Stan. Ask Mark anything. Uh, a couple of you made a reference to the uh, Coast to Coast AM show, and I was wondering if you're a fan of that and if you believe in the supernatural. I, I am a fan thing. of the Coast to Coast AM show, although I haven't uh, I haven't listened to it in a while. Didn't George Norrie just die? I don't know. I haven't listened to it in a few months, but uh, I think he may have. Yeah, I, I know that they've had a lot of... Uh, a lot of turnover, but but I'm not a big fan of the Supernatural. I always find that program to be just a refreshing change of pace. It, it's just, yeah. it's so weird, it's good, right? Oh, yeah. There's some, I stayed up many a night uh, looking in the dark corners because of that show. I know exactly what you mean. Let's go to Bob and Scottdale. Bob, you're on with Double M. Hello. Uh, George Norrie, according to Wikipedia, still does uh, host Coast to Coast AM. Who was the original host? The guy lived in a trailer. I'm pretty sure maybe he just passed away. I don't. I don't keep as close track of that as I might have. Art Bell. Art Bell, I think, is yeah. He's the guy. He died uh, just this past April. Okay, the phones are done. Well, let's just end the show then. F it. I'm not averse to leave it a couple minutes early. Good talk. See you out there. 105.9X.